Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Chinks into the Pits. We hope you're all fine staying home and washing your hands. So in this first episode, since on-track action is officially down to 0%, we want to share with you our favorite races across the usual range of categories we always moan about. Yeah, you know, we're all trying to find some new ways to distract ourselves. And when we heard that F1 TV was going to give free access for a month, we thought it would be a good idea to give you guys some personal tips on how to enjoy the content. Yeah, and as for the other categories, so the Endurance Championship, GT World Challenge, etc. In case you didn't know, you can find several full races on the Championship's official websites or on their YouTube channels, if I'm not wrong. And... Yeah, now without further ado, let's get into today's talk. Yeah, Marty, like there were so many races to choose from and I was like, I don't even have any idea of how to to even make a selection, you know, because yeah. I, I, I remember that sometimes, you know, on Instagram, I do my Q&A and stuff like that. Sometimes I do that and frequently uh, somebody pops up saying like, okay, what is your favorite race ever? And I'm always like, how can you choose a favorite race yeah, ever? I mean, I think it's like when, when people ask you, what's your favorite song ever? You know, your favorite film ever? Your favorite son, if you have yeah. children? You can't choose, like, yeah, no. Exactly. It's just so difficult. Like, it's a paradox for me because honestly, I'm one of the very few people I, I know having one favorite song, like, it's been my favorite song for yeah, 10 years. I know. People say my favorite song, of course, you know. So so for me, I'm all, when people always come up with that example, um, with that comparison, it's like choosing your favorite song. And I'm like, okay, but I can't choose my favorite song. I just cannot choose my favorite race. Um, anyway. I can choose neither, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, when it comes to Formula One, um, honestly, I think the past few years haven't been the most interesting like let's be yeah. real but we've had some pretty intense um intense races which are really really enjoyed like staying very very close to 2020 I would yeah. say of course like uh Okanheim 2019 was an absolute classic yeah that I was would... like my first choice I yeah. enjoyed that so much so much <laughs> Let's face it, we enjoyed it because uh, Charles Leclerc <laughs> basically <laughs> beached this car. So no, to be honest, like, I, I loved it. I mean, there was lots of things to laugh about. You know, that was, I, I don't know, there was a <laughs> from the beginning yeah. to the end. But there was, you know, lots of drama. But the, the part I prefer, the one I will remember forever, and I, I mean, I laughed so hard at it, is the hilarious Mercedes pit stop. It was my god, it was amazing. It was it was poetic cinema. I don't even know how to describe it. It was so good. It was a minute of madness. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it so much. And actually, when I saw the Drafters Revive documentary, the second season, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know, I had no idea that during those days Hamilton had a temperature apparently. And it was also really? quite you bad. Yeah, it was quite bad. Uh, like on, on Saturday, he was he was like knocked down. And um, yeah, they were yeah. saying Ocon was ready to to replace him. But I yeah. thought I thought you knew about that. It was pretty common knowledge in the weekend. You know what? I didn't because um, that week I was in. I, I don't even know where I was, but I was on vacation, anyways. 
and I was with my friends and things and I, I didn't follow through the whole weekend. But uh, uh, yeah, so in hindsight, I saw the, the documentary and got to know about this. And I feel a bit bad for him now because, I mean, you, you know, if you if you try to to think what he went through during those th that race, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, God will forgive me for this loss. But yeah. I honestly don't know how they managed to to perform so well and just to drive the car really when they're feeling sick because honestly, yeah. like, we have no idea of of how hard it can be to drive those cars but I know that I, I don't if I don't feel so well I have difficulty driving my car so I can imagine like <laughs> how crazy that must be like there's some serious willpower going on but yeah no about Hogan I'm 2019 it was also amazing to see Seb do what he did like P20 yes. from P2 I think was absolutely amazing craft and uh, I also really enjoyed uh, Daniel Kvyat being back on, on the podium. It was Kvyat, yeah. right? Yeah, it was Kvyat. Yeah, it was him. Like, I, I've always really liked him as a, as a driver and as a person. We, me and Martina always joke that he's one of the, like, two people on the grid having a decent music taste. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, an, an immediate feeling uh, for, for Daniel Kvyat. But then going... The, the previous season, in 2018, I really, really enjoyed Silverstone. Do you remember Silverstone? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I did. don't even remember the podium right now, but uh, the, the final 10 laps, something like that, they were amazing. There were like yeah, I, four I remember, five cars. Yes, I, I remember that the race was very good, uh, especially at the end. I yeah. don't remember the podium either. To be honest, yeah, me neither. It was like it was like um, a final showdown between Louis Valtteri, Seb, and uh, Kimi and Max. I think like there were five or six cars, something like that, trying to fight for a, a podium position in like the last ten laps. And it's something we don't see that frequently in Formula One anymore. So it's actually quite rare yeah, these definitely. days. <laughs> So it was a it was definitely definitely a good race. One that people always say it's amazing, it was amazing craft and whatever is Interlagos 2019. But I I didn't really enjoy oh, Interlagos 2019. Yeah. Like I I, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy you know quite a lot. But you know that's yeah. personal taste. I think. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, um, I I wouldn't want to rewatch that. Definitely. No, no, thanks. I'm okay. You know, but, I don't but mind. But going even further back, I, I really liked um, Abu Dhabi 2016. Like, it, it was very good seeing Nico prevail in the end. Oh, yeah, you're right. That, that was a good race. Even just because, like, we had the final race of the year with the title fight still open. And that was yes. the last time we had that. So it's something I think it's worth a rewatch. Yes, and that about Abu Dhabi 2016, uh, what was really, you know, to me, it was quite hilarious. It was the exchange of team radios between um, Rosberg and his wife. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, they were calling I each other like some stupid names. That was like so that. cringy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even remember, but it, it was something around the lines of, you know, stupid pet names and stuff like that. Yeah, so for me and like, you being... I don't know, she she called him Bucky or something like that, and I'm okay. Yeah, right. it was absolutely cringe worthy. I mean, they're they're a very cute couple. They're a very strong and stable couple. Like okay, props to but them. Just, face. but it was just so cringy. Absolutely, I agree. Yes, yeah. my God. Uh, and you know, one race I actually thought a lot about is the 2017 Baku GP. I, I mean, I hated it right in the moment because I was <laughs> so mad at everything but in hindsight I think it would be quite cool to, yeah, to watch it you know it's an because, absolute you know, classic yeah you may you may even just laugh all the way through right now watching it because yeah. you know everything's the past you, you don't care about it anymore you know what happened you know <laughs> afterwards so I, I think that would be cool to watch it I haven't I actually don't plan on doing it like in the nearest future, but I might. I don't know. I think for some yeah. people it might be cool. No, it's I mean it became it became a modern classic to be honest. I, I personally yeah. don't really like the, the Baku GP in general. You know, it's definitely not on my favorite track list. Like I, I would completely obliterate Baku from the calendar if it was yeah, me too. <laughs> But but yeah no that was that was a very good one, um, but yeah honestly like uh, it's a great thing having F1 TV free for a month and stuff like that. I don't think I'm going to use that because I mean guys you know us by now you know that if we want to rewatch something we're not heading to to Formula One. Um, I'm definitely doing some rewatches of. Um, classic Blampain races and stuff like that. I think yeah. they uploaded something about um, the GT1 championship. Like, can you imagine rewatching the GT1 championship? No, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they uploaded something like a, a couple of, of weeks ago, stuff like that. So yeah, that that's definitely on my watch list. That's cool. Anyway, moving from to another category, like Marty, choose the next one. Uh, choose the next one. Well, we were talking about blank pain, so why not blank pain? Okay, seems fair. <laughs> you go first. Okay, so I had no idea what to choose. So I chose something that will probably sound extremely disappointing. I don't know. Um, one I surely recommend that you should watch is Monza 2019. Not because of any particular reason, but because that was the first GT race that I covered um, on the spot, so, oh, that's so it makes it makes it worth the watch, you know. Um, yeah, it yeah, wasn't it makes that it amazing of a race, to be honest. But yeah, no, no, it was it was a crazy race. I enjoyed yeah. the qualifying a lot better because it was, you know, it was raining if I remember correctly, but it yeah. was not so crazy. Um, so you could see some real action on track. But uh, the race, yeah, it wasn't so so cool, to be honest. Also because lots of my favorite drivers got knocked out or something. <laughs> I don't know. They went into the wall and things. Of course they did. 
but um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm quite, um, I don't know, I'm emotional about it every time I think about it. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense, Marty. It definitely makes sense. And I, I, sometimes I, I think like we're bad luck to the drivers because drivers we like aren't usually particularly like, lucky. So it's either that we like them because they're, they end up being the underdog or yes. just we, we're jinxing them. There's no other option in between. So. Yes, and I don't know about you, but when I interview someone, some driver that I don't know that well, and I grow to like them as I interview them, and so maybe if there is a session or a race right afterwards, mm-hmm. I might cheer for them. Um, yeah, but when I do interview them, it's actually like I'm jinxing them, hexing them, I don't know. And <laughs> during the race, it was, te- I mean, it was also like, okay, I'm going to watch this race from, you know, the the newsroom, all cool and everything, and be just a crazy b- because my favorite driver that has been my favorite driver for two minutes is into the wall. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a big that's basically how things go when I cover an event (laughs) but we cannot say we jinx the luck of um, Costa and Altoe the last time we covered an event together Marty like that time we gave them that luck they needed we we were their lucky charms to be honest they won they won both titles after being interviewed by us so I mean yeah Guys, if, if you want to secure a title, uh, give us an interview and we will make sure that happens for you. Now, when, when it comes to Blancpain, um, always, you know, being very recent, because when you go back to older races, it's very difficult to find them online. So we're staying in safe territory, you know. But um, this, this afternoon, actually, right after my lunch break, I was going to unwind a bit before starting um, to study again. And uh, I ended up watching race, was it race one or race two? Can't remember. No, it was race one. Race one um, of uh, the the Misano weekend last year, 2019. And the thing about Misano uh, is that the first race of the weekend, of course, is a sprint weekend is not an endurance weekend and the first race of the weekend um, is usually held at um, sunset because they tend to do that around like 6 p.m 7 p.m and of course being held in summer that basically means sunset so I mean I don't particularly like Misano as a track and the infrastructure in Misano isn't isn't that great to be honest like I personally don't like it that much, but I mean, we're spoiled because we're used to Monza. So, of yeah. course, it makes sense that everything else looks shit in comparison. Like, I, I can remember, and honestly, I would like to forget just how shitty Vallelunga was. But I mean, yeah, everything in comparison looks pretty terrible. So, I cannot, you know, blame Mizano for that. Um, but it's a great as- atmosphere. Having a race at sunset is always something very beautiful. And we don't get that often in uh, sprint races. It's usually more of an endurance thing. But yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. And the race itself was beautiful because I think like halfway through it, yeah, it's halfway through it, uh, P2 uh, basically bitched themselves. So I was like... <laughs> Okay, that's great. That's great. 
Um, and in the end, uh, Calda and Mapelli won, Marty. So that, that's yeah. definitely a race you should rewatch as well because you love them. Uh, <laughs> basic bitch, of course. And um, thank then, you. I love you. You know that. And then, no, definitely the, the final round of the season last year was amazing. Barcelona, Marty. Yeah, you that was that. another one of my choices. Yeah, definitely. Barcelona last year was a very good race, which I really, really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you probably enjoyed it even more because it gave them Calde Mapelli the title and there was Costa as well. So you enjoyed it more than me, but it, it was a very good race nonetheless. Yeah, you know what? Um, actually, I just remembered that I didn't enjoy it as much. Just because I had to uh, write the report, I think, of the whole of the three hours uh, for uh, the website we currently write for. Ah, and yes. I'm your boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in that category, she's my boss. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was quite crazy. I remember sitting um, on the sofa with the computer and like, please stop because there was, I, I mean, there was such a lot of drama going on and oh my god yeah now I remember you complaining I don't remember if you yes. were complaining on the group chat or in the chat with me but I remember you being god please stop it I wrote like hundreds of words yeah. not even half halfway I couldn't I couldn't stand it anymore and there were so many yellow flags so yeah. so many safety cars that, that was, was just crazy yeah and at some point I just said all right I'm gonna you know, delete everything I've written up to this point and just write safety car, safety car, safety car, yellow flag, yellow flag, yellow flag. Because it was it was a lot of yellow flags, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I mean, they gave the green flag. It lasted 30 seconds. Someone crashed into someone. And you know yellow flag all over again. You know what that reminds me? Like another yeah. race that I was considering for a rewatch, but again, it's just one of those very painful rewatches, you know. Uh, I was thinking about a similar race um, when I was looking through the WEC races, and Shanghai 2018 was exactly mm, the same. Like, do you remember that? We, we yes. weren't, we weren't, no, I was covering the category, you weren't covering the category at that time. Um, but I was writing, I think I had to write the final report for Shanghai 2018. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to be so painful to, to, to bring to the finish line. Because if you don't remember, guys, basically, there was some kind of, I don't know, hurricane, tornado, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shanghai was completely flooded, like 100%. You couldn't see the cars. And not gonna lie, I was like, very scared for the most part of the race, because I, I, I was like, I literally cannot see the cars. How can they see where they're going? It was very, very bad. And we've had a couple of red flags, definitely a lot of yellow flags. I think that the time spent under yellow flags was very, very, very much superior to the time we spent under green flags. But, but that green flag action kind of makes up for it. Yeah, it's a pity when you have lots of, you know, dead moments. But when when the race resumes and they are able to to put on a good show, you know, it, it pays for it. So. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, driving in the rain and racing in the rain is such an amazing skill to have. 
Like, to be honest, I, I really respect them a lot for it. And you can see the drivers that are good at it and the drivers yeah. that are not. It's, like, so evident in many things. Like, I, I mean, you can compare the skills on a general level, but, you know, finding that particular aspect in which one is better than the other is difficult. When it comes to racing in the rain, it is not like that. Like, some people are very, very, very good at it and others simply aren't. And yeah. it, really, it really comes down to how much of the speed they can retain while seeing, still racing in the rain. Like, I know when I drive, I'm like, I don't know, at 40 kilometers per hour when I'm driving in the rain. <laughs> I'm absolutely terrified and I'm like, okay, okay, I, I need to keep this car going. Um, but yeah, you can see because they have such a tremendous difference in top speeds, like the very good drivers, the, the, the rain masters and those that aren't have a tremendous difference. And I think, for example, in Formula One, modern Formula One, of course, we're not going back to Senna. But like Verstappen is very good at that. Yeah. Uh, Lewis can also be very good at that. Like you can see just how much of a difference they make. And uh, yes. it really showed in Shanghai 2018, to be honest. But I really like Shanghai in general. People that uh, who only watch Formula One don't like Shanghai that much. I've noticed that. But I don't really think it gives its best uh, in Formula One, you know? I, I just prefer WEC races a lot more Shanghai. And even Shanghai 2019 was an amazing race. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, I... I noticed that many people who watch only Formula One don't like Shanghai that much. But to be honest, if we think about Formula One, I'm not the biggest fan of that circuit. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I like it for other categories. That yeah, same. It's understandable. And recently I've seen so many people also giving hell to Monza uh, because they were like, oh, it's not a good track. It's not a good track. And <laughs> I mean... I mean, it's absolutely blasphemous to say Monza is not a good track. But I, I would agree if they say it's not necessarily always a good Formula One race. Like, for, yes. Formula One, for modern Formula One cars, Monza is not the best. You know, so I wouldn't say some, some uh, circuits aren't the best races, but definitely are some very great tracks. Like, for example, yeah. Monza gives its best. I remember when I was covering the European Le Mans series, like honestly having LMP cars, whatever LMP car in Monza is absolutely amazing because they can reach such high top speeds delivering so much sound. Like it's absolutely amazing. So I really like LMP cars in Monza, for example. I really don't enjoy that much having modern Formula One cars. And I think that for Shanghai, of course, it's a very different track. But it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know what? Um, you said before that uh, you that, like let's no let's not go back to to Senna, and you know I am going back to Senna. Like, <laughs> let me do a, a <laughs> tiny excursus. You know, um, I, I just say, guys, watch the 1991 Brazilian GP. Do watch yeah. it. My do, God. do watch it uh, guys, that is my favorite egg. yeah I, I think that we, if we talk about Formula 1 that is my favorite race ever 
Like, yeah, it's ever. absolutely like an amazing race. I, I'm happy you can choose one favorite race and it's that one. But yeah, it's an absolutely stunning, stunning drive. And I mean, I really, really liked Formula One in the 90s. And it's a pity that we cannot find as much content, uh, at least free content, as we would like. But yeah, yeah F1 TV is there for a reason. Uh, and Ayrton Senna, I mean, it, it, he is your favorite driver, right, Marty? Or am he I is, wrong? Yeah. yeah. Senna is your favorite driver. Anyway, yes, yeah. Baby. I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking of being the, the complete masochist and uh, come May 1st, I would have loved to, to see the 1994 Imola GP, but it would be like... I, I don't know, putting Why? a knife through my heart. I don't know. I just I just wanted to find a way to, to commemorate Ayrton in some way this year. And when the, the opportunity of having Formula One TV for free came around, I was like, oh, wait, can I find the 1994 GP, Imola GP? I don't even know if it is there because, I mean, it was such a bloody weekend. We lost. Who is it that yeah. we lost uh, during qualifying? Oh my God, I got his we name lost, right there. Uh, Ratzenberger. Ratzenberger, thank you. Uh, and then, of course, we lost Ayrton. I mean, it, yeah. it was just a, a horrible weekend. But I, I also wanted to see some footage from it because there is some footage, but it's very scarce. Because yeah, I, actually, you know, I, I remember um, seeing something. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was YouTube or the, the documentary they did about Ayrton. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But um, there is uh, some footage of it. It's not, um, you know, the best quality or anything. Yeah. But, you know, you just, I mean, if you got to get to to the to the accident uh you just got to get to the seventh lap so that's yeah. pretty quick um but yeah i don't think there are full replays of the race whatsoever yeah i don't think so but i was also thinking about it because i mean you know i try to 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 see things always from a legal perspective as well i mean i'm a, I'm a law student that's what i do because i was thinking that probably like ayrton's accident was the last serious like fatal accident we had in motor racing in italy like we we didn't have anything worse in on an it on italian territory like we had italians involved uh, abroad but we didn't yeah. have anything on italian territory and i was curious to see how the you know how the court handled the the whole situation so how the police intervened uh, and the proceedings that followed because I cannot seem to find much information about that and it would be very interesting also you know for my thesis and stuff so yeah I know very little about it to be honest yeah. um yeah, I, I know many much. things about uh you know from other p perspectives but uh, from a legal perspective, I actually, I think I didn't find anything. Um, yeah, because I don't know. the thing is that uh, it's always very difficult to, to find responsibility and to actually press charges when it comes to deaths occurring during a sporting event. Because the, there's, you know, that percentage of risk 
that is simply entailed in the composition. So yeah. you cannot really find criminal responsibility for that. It's like, I don't know, if a boxer died uh, because of a punch on, on his face, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult. And I remember that I, I kind of um, try to find uh, some more information about this also when, uh, was the Romano Fenati? Marty, you're the my the god, yeah. Expert. Yeah, it was in like a couple years yeah. ago when he when he brain. Yeah, uh, it was brain. in 2018 in Misano, and I was there. Like I was yeah, actually I there, you and I saw there. the f- deed because that happened right in front of my eyes. Yeah, I remember and I was that you were so there. furious. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that that would have been a criminal responsibility, like if it wasn't you know a sporting competition but I have no idea if charges were pressed if they were lifted or anything like that I, I should really they check about it him. they did charge him with I don't know what uh, kind of crime but they did um, he had to to go in and out of court uh, for some I don't know quite some months I think but in the end uh, yeah it didn't change anything basically he's still racing yeah, um, yeah. But because it's just, again, well, it's very it's very difficult uh, putting criminal responsibility on the on these kind of you know sporting events. Like in the case of Fanati, um, yeah, I uh, I can understand why clear. he was charged. Uh, that was quite clear. I mean, he, yeah, that that could that could be like that was in, intentional. like really, yeah. That was not only intentional but also very clearly harmful in a way which. Could have not been predicted by the sports and regulations, yeah. you know. So that was, yeah, that was a clear charge. But you know, charging people for an accident in Formula One or stuff like that is definitely more complicated. Charging for yeah. accidents in sporting events is more complicated in general because you cannot really, you know, you need the 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 intentionality in in criminal law. So. I mean, of course, there are, uh, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to translate that because when I did um, Legal English, we were doing the, the civil law parts and not the criminal law parts. But there are some crimes that can be punished, of course, not only because they were intentional, but also for the crime per se. Uh, but yeah, yeah not, not in these cases. Anyway, I, I digress, of course, as always, like people get incredibly boring when I talk about the law in general so let's move on um so marty oh you didn't tell me about your your favorite wack race a wack race to rewatch. yeah you're right i didn't um i actually don't know for this one i thought about the spectators a bit more mm. than my, my actual favorite races mm-hmm. mainly because i just thought you know if you have to watch i don't know 24 hour race a 12 hour race i mean yes we do have plenty of time and don't know what to do with it right now <laughs> but a that's long race like that might yeah. be too much um so I, I don't know like a six hour race uh looks long enough to me maybe um i quite enjoyed the 2019 um six hours of spa that could Ooh, be that was uh, a good one it was yeah. snowing it was snowing yeah yeah <laughs> I, I quite liked it um yeah. so yeah and the pictures like, the pictures were beautiful do you remember yes. the pictures like the, yes. the toyotas under the snow it was so aesthetically pleasing i love the pictures i actually had one as my desktop for a while yeah 
like I think that photographers working there were like I, I don't know they were in ecstasy I don't know <laughs> yeah definitely crazy crazy race and yeah another another race I would recommend maybe is actually any 12 hours of Sabrina race oh, any one <laughs> you can actually yeah check out any any I mean, I mean, watching, re-watching a 24-hour or a 12-hour race like requires some serious, serious dedication. But yeah, yeah there's definitely so much spe spectacle going on. But I think that um, the the WEC YouTube channel has some kind of 45 minutes highlights from um, the 24 hours of Le Mans in the years. So yeah, that that could be a good rewatch, like a forty a forty five minute highlight of the I don't know twenty four hours of Le Mans two thousand nineteen or eighteen. Uh, so amazing! Oh, two thousand sixteen. That was a good one. Yeah, that you're was right. A very right. good one. Like you, you <laughs> could you could even have like a thirty second highlight, and we all know what that would entail uh, for the twenty. <laughs> 2016 but yeah it was uh, it was amazing and Marty um, I'm taking the chance to give the spoiler to the people listening to see how many of my followers are actually listening to this stuff if, right. <laughs> if it goes according to plan so if the race doesn't get cancelled or postponed or whatever guys I am covering the 24 hours of Le Mans this year thank you very much thank you very much yeah So, so we'll, we'll see who listens, Marty. We'll see who listens. Uh, because I, I hadn't told anyone uh, up until now. So, I mean, I hadn't told public, publicly. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll, we'll see who the loyal followers are. No, of course, I'm kidding. But, yeah. At this point, I'm like, please, Corona, do some, just disappear. Please, can you please just disappear until no, what, what, don't please don't say Corona because I am uh, I'm in a tangled loop like with Rapunzel and everything you know. And oh yeah. <laughs> I I recently discovered that she actually lives in a kingdom called Corona. So uh, what seriously? I might I might get quite confused. Yeah, just think about it. She lived for like 18 years isolated in a tower in a kingdom called Corona. How crazy is that? It, it, it does, it, it, it's, kind, it's kind of scary now you're telling me this. Yeah, it's no prophetic. Idea. Yeah, I had no idea. Basically, guys, uh, me and Martina and a couple other friends are sharing a Disney Plus account at the moment. So yeah, we're watching anything that Disney offers because, I mean, we're in quarantine. What can you do? We're 23 years old pretty normal one at that so naturally we're watching <laughs> tangled all day and all of the night yeah but anyway like good a good movie good yeah movie. that that's an incredibly underrated movie a criminally underrated movie it didn't get yes as in my opinion i love it like i i love it i wish i was rapunzel <laughs> you you actually do do look like her you you, you know that lots like of people her. told me that You've always looked like her. Like it, it, it's pretty. It's a pretty easy comparison to draw. So yeah, I can understand yeah. why you 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 get so you know into it because you generally look like her, and you also kind kind of are like her. Like your, yeah. your characters are pretty That's similar true. 
So yeah, but anyway, guys, I think Disney Plus is a good investment. We're not being sponsored or paid by Disney for saying no, this. Actually, because... no one, no one pays us for anything in our lives. Yeah. So yes, just in general. So yeah, Disney Plus is a is a good fit at the moment. I'm actually using it to not personally, but to make my mother to have my mother binge watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe because. <laughs> She has taken on an immense crush on Chris Evans, Captain America. Oh, God, really? I, I really don't like him. Like, he's definitely not my type. And Me neither. I, I mean, I, I think we're the only two people in this world that actually don't like him. Which is kind of strange because usually me and you have a, You're like right. an opposite taste in men. Like we, You're right. When she tells me she finds someone attractive, I'm usually, what? And same goes the <laughs> other way around. So there, there are only a very, very few people who can have us agreeing on their beauty. So, and of course, we're keeping those names to ourselves. But anyway, yeah. no, I really, I, I mean, he's not really my type, but my mother fell in love with, and here I quote <laughs> from the movie, not from my mother, of course, from the movie America's Ass. And uh, yes, an action movie, <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe, calls Chris Evans America's Ex, Ass. And um, yeah, he's not really my, my style. And I remember like, it was, I, I think a week ago or something, we were watching Civil War together. And uh, oh I, was, I was like, mom, you, you, I, I bet you cannot guess who my type is, who my favorite superhero is. And she was like, you're, you're extremely predictable, Aurora, I know you. And I'm like, I'm definitely anything but predictable in this instance. But of course, my mother knew, because Dash is my mother, that I have an incredible, gigantic crush for Black Panther. There I say. Really? Yeah, he is my favorite superhero. Always has been, actually. I, I read the comics when I was younger. And I always loved him. And, like, of course, Iron Man comes a very close second. But I really don't... I'm not attracted to Robert Downey Jr. I just really, really love what? Iron Man. I mean, no, no. How can, how can you not be attracted to him? Not in that way, not in that way. I just really, really like him as a, as a character. And of course, I love Iron Man as a character. But I'm not attracted in that way. Like, in that way, I'm only attracted to Black Panther and very, very minimally, partially to um, Hawkeye, kind of, yeah. kind of. And of course, like, the two I put in a league of their own because I just love the actors, but I don't really love the characters are Thor and Loki because I mean Tommy Dilson and Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Like, come on, come on. It's just, but why why are we talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No idea. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's you know the usual for this podcast, like pretty standard. Okay, so we covered WEC. Uh, GT World Challenge, Formula One, Marty. We're missing Formula E, but you don't watch Formula E, so I can just go around and spout name names of yeah. races. And oh, actually, this would be this would be a good time to start, Marty. You can you can use the rewatches. Really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're gonna like that. I bet you're gonna like that. No, I don't. I honestly don't because I don't <laughs> think you're gonna like that. But no, it's a, it's actually a very good one. Like I remember, okay, I here I'm being, yeah, here I'm being sentimental. But Paris 2019 was actually a great race, 
Uh, it was the first and only wet race in Formula One, in Formula E, sorry. Um, yeah, because Formula E has always been blessed with sunny weather and hot temperatures and whatnot. But yeah, Paris 2019 actually drenched us completely. And of course I was there because, come on, first race in Formula E I cover and uh, I get home completely drenched <laughs> because <laughs> it makes sense it makes sense but yeah it was yeah, a- I remember that we was that the occasion on which we we had dinner together and you, you took the train yeah into- yeah it was it was yeah. that occasion because my my train was like late in the evening so yeah I do we had that. yeah and I remember your parents being so worried for me like so cute <laughs> So cute. We we actually had some amazing pasta, and Martina uh, read something in Russian. I don't remember, but I remember us being oh, in yeah. a and you reading in Russian. No, in a bookshop. We were in a bookshop, and you were. Yeah, reading. yeah, we were in a bookshop. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful memories, Martina. Anyways, Martina, how long have we not seen each other? Is it been since New Year's Eve? Yes, yeah, New Year's Eve. Ah, that's that's so sad. Actually, we should have been together. Like the this weekend that has now passed, we are now uh, recording on the twentieth of um, April? April, and this weekend, like it, it, it was supposed to be a good thing anyway. Because, like, on one hand, I was going to come and see you, and we were going to cover together. The, the start of the GT World Challenge season. Yeah. And that would have been amazing because everybody loves us in the GT World Challenge and we love the GT World Challenge. So we would have spent some amazing quality time three days together. Yeah. But when they, when they canceled the GT World Challenge, I was like, all right, I'm going to, to do the Paris Prix again. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> do that. And then, yeah, we all know, we all know what happened. So yeah, not really, not really a good weekend, was it? <laughs> no, no. I spent it watching Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. And like, I, I can't even think of, of a race we will cover together anytime soon. First, because I have no idea when we'll, we will have races again, of course. Like I have a yeah. vague idea, but I cannot be sure. And you're not coming to Misano. And uh, we, I don't know, Marti. It's, it's so yeah, sad. Breaks my heart. But I mean, don't <laughs> worry, guys. We're going to, me and Marti are going to see each other regardless of having a race together because come on. Um, but yeah, with this shenanigans, we've hit the 43 minute mark, Marty. I think we should start saying goodnight because we're yes. recording uh, late in the evening. So, of course. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. We should. Uh, I lost track of the time, to be honest. But yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's always late, like yeah. that, right? We're always like, oh, fuck, we, we, we went past the 40 minute mark. It's, our, it's yeah. time to bring it back together. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I mean, it's difficult not having enough content to discuss with you guys. This podcast was supposed to be, you know, a commentary on the races, on the seasons on the way. Uh, but from, from another perspective, we can also be happy that this is not the case. Because imagine if we're having 45 minutes or of nothing 
what would have happened if races were actually in, pay, in place? Like we would have a three-hour <laughs> podcast, my Forty, Forty-five hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you very much for tuning in, guys. And we'll see you on the 27th of May, hopefully out of quarantine. Good night. Oh, you're right. Yeah, thank you very much, guys, for listening. And yeah, see you next month.